Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 17 through to 20. So Luke chapter 2. I hope you guys all had a good Christmas with all your families and your loved ones. I hope you ate, you know, enough, not too much. (laughs) Amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 17. And today's title for this morning's message is Life After Christmas. Life After Christmas. You know what? Uh, After the wrapping paper is thrown away into the bin. After the leftovers are glad wrapped and put into the fridge. There is still the joy of Christmas that is still wrapped up in a boy named baby Jesus. And let me say this, may we never lose the joy of Christmas. May we never lose the excitement of Christmas. Because we could all just come through one day, December 25th, open up presents, gifts, and it's such a wonderful time. But I want to say to every single believer today, let us not restrict Jesus to one day. Can I get a witness? Let us not restrict this joy, just the fact, on just one day we get to celebrate it. Because the Bible teaches us. In this story alone, that there is life after Christmas. So let's turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read verses down from uh, 17. I'll just find myself as well. So Luke chapter 17, uh, chapter 2, verse 17. And it says this Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it, marveled at all the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And three things I want to unpack in this story alone. Number one, we find that the shepherds begin to proclaim. So number one, proclaim. Number two, we're going to talk about ponder because Mary pondered these things in her heart. And number three, we're going to talk about praising today. So proclaim, ponder, and praise. So number one, the proclaim of the shepherds. The shepherds were beginning to proclaim what they had heard and what they'd seen. The shepherds begin to preach about what had happened that very night on Christmas. And they begin to make their way down. Verse uh, 17, it opens up with this wonderful statement. It says, when they had seen him. I mean, this is amazing. They had made their way down to this little town called Bethlehem and they begin to see where is this king where is he is he born in this beautiful mansion is he born in a beautiful uh, golden gated town city but yet they found Jesus in a barn in a manger wrapped up in swaddling cloths and this is what made it real to them when they had seen him I mean, this was amazing to them. They had heard about the angels. The angels told them in verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Here it is, the angels gave a message. There is a Savior that has been born. It is the Savior of the world, Christ the Lord. And in verse 12, gives us this story and tells us and says, This will be the sign to you. Many of us are looking for signs. Where is Jesus in all of this? Where is Jesus and the very sign that was given to these shepherds? What is it? You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And so the shepherds, they came with haste. The Bible tells them they did not delay. They did not even wait a second. They went straight down, man. 
don't know about you, but sometimes when you see a sale that's on in Myers or maybe a sale that's on Target, it's like, man, I need to get down there. I need to purchase that thing real quick. And so here it is. This is the message. The shepherds of God, it says, man, there is a Savior that's been born, and they begin to rush down to find this babe, Jesus Christ. And it tells us when they had seen him. Wow. I mean, when they had seen him, it became real to them. The angels spoke to them, and when they came to the manger, they found the Savior there. And they seen him, it became real. Who is he? This baby. Was it Muhammad? <laughs> Was it Buddha? Did they find a, a, another teacher ready to be born? No, no, no. Was it the Pope? No, no, no. It was Jesus. Can you say amen tonight, this morning? These things that we find in our story that keeps the Christmas spirit alive, that after Christmas we ought to do the first things that the shepherd did, and they begin to proclaim to every single person around them. They proclaim what they had heard. They proclaim what they had seen. And I want to encourage every single one of us today that the wonder of Christmas can never be lost because of your revelation of who He is. Have you seen Him? Have you experienced this encounter with Christ? I mean, this made it real to the shepherds that they had to now leave whatever they were doing and begin to tell everyone in the city. This changed their life forever. And I'm telling you, life after Christmas should change your life forever. It should change your life for eternity. And here it is. These shepherds begin to go on a mission trip to spread the good news of this Jesus Christ. And what was their message? It was exactly the Savior is born, Christ the Lord. They made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. I want to say, if you want to keep the fire alive, if you want to keep experiencing the Christmas spirit, you got to begin to proclaim the good news of what Jesus Christ has done, what He came for. He is the Savior of the world. Can you say amen? In the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of pandemic and fear, we have hope because there is a Savior that was born on Christmas Day. We have a reason that we celebrated yesterday, but today and forevermore, we can still celebrate it because Jesus Christ is alive. Can you say amen to that? And that's what makes Christianity exciting. This is what makes Christianity so important is that it wasn't just restricted to one day. It affected our lives. It affected the shepherds' lives forever. And it says all those that heard the message, they begin to marvel. I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe something's happened in your life that God has done something new. And your family members see something in you and it's like, man, what's going on? What has happened in your life? Maybe your friends and families look at you and they're marveling, thinking you're not the same person that you used to be. You're not the same person that used to go out drinking and clubbing because of what Jesus has done, because of who he is to you. He saved your life. He delivered you. He healed your soul. And then this is the message that each and every one of us must proclaim. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says this, How shall they call on him? in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I mean, here it is. We need laborers. We need men and women. And I'm not talking about preachers or pastors. I'm talking about normal, ordinary folk, just like shepherds. I mean, these guys weren't the best of the best. These guys were shepherds. They were doing menial jobs, looking after sheep. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, could God ever use my life? 
Maybe you're here today and thinking, man, my past has ruined me. Maybe you're thinking here today, man, I, I just can't do what brother so-and-so is doing. Listen, you can because of the fact that you experienced an encounter with Christ is all that is needed for you to proclaim a message that is so real to you. And that's why we ought to be the lights. Jesus said you need to shine your light. Don't hide the light that God has shone into your life. You've got to shine that light upon you. The love of God that begins to shine and radiate on your life. And I want to tell you, you have a purpose in Jesus. And God has given us power to preach by His Spirit. God has given us power to live this promise. Can you say amen? amen. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it tells us that when the early church was sitting down and what happened caused the revival that happened in the early church was birth. It says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, listen to this. But you shall receive power. Everyone say power. power. I mean, it talks about this power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it tells us, you shall be witnesses to me. Jesus is talking about this. You'll receive power. That you know what, you don't have to go in your own strength anymore. That you don't have to do it in your own uh, mental thought. And this has got to be in place. Listen, you just got to go in the power of the Spirit of God. You just got to say, you know what, less of me, more of you, Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need the power of God in my life. I need the supernatural touch of, of Jesus in my life. Let His Spirit flow and begin to touch people around you. The shepherds proclaim this amazing power that they begin to experience. The second thing I want to talk about today is Mary pondered. I mean, look at our text today. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want you to think about this for a minute because this year, 2020, it's been so busy. It's been so taxing on a lot of people. But I want to encourage you today, just like what Mary did. Let's look over the year. Let's look over the couple of months maybe you've come to know Christ and let's begin to stop and begin to ponder these things in our heart. Mary knew before everyone else that she had the inside info from heaven that she was to go and give birth to a child, the Savior of the world, that her son would go from the womb to the tomb, that her son would go from the grave up to the sky to live. And so the message of the angels that were telling her was also told to the shepherds and she was kind of like perplexed. She was like, wow, what's going on? Have you heard the message? Yes, we have. The shepherds have heard it as well. And she's thinking, man, this is confirmation in my life. This is confirmation of what's happening that I'm to give birth to the Savior of the world. And the lesson here for us is this. May we not only proclaim the message, may we not only just go out into the streets or go into our workplace and shine the light, but may we as Christians and believers begin to sit down and pause for just a minute from our busy schedule and begin to ponder about this message of Jesus. Mary began to ponder. Other translations say that Mary treasured the good news in her heart. I mean, you think about that today. As you begin to consider all that's transpired throughout this year, ponder on what God has done in your life. Ponder on the message of Jesus Christ and how it has affected you, your family, your marriage, your children. Ponder about them, think about them, and as Christians, it, we should leave with this thought. Let's not just leave it Christmas on December 25, but let's ponder that message of the gospel every single day. The message was given to us. The word of God must be preached. 
It must be lived. It must be pondered. It must be treasured. And thirdly, leaves us with the shepherds were praising. I mean, I don't know about you, but man, I'm so excited about what Jesus has done. I'm so excited that, you know what, the fact that Jesus was born, but he was born to give us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the good news of the gospel, my friend. That is the good news of the gospel, my sister, because it's telling us that we were once outcasts, we were once sinners, but yet through Jesus Christ, yet through Him, we're able to now believe in Him and have eternal life. And I want to tell you what, it leaves us with this wonderful thought, this wonderful expression of what is done in our lives that is yet to leave us to just simply praise God, to live a life of praise and worship because of what we've heard and what we've seen what we've experienced we've got a revelation of who Jesus is and it's now causing us to say you know what I've got nothing else to do but to praise God I want to encourage every single one of you today praise is the antidote to depression Praise is the antidote to your worries. When you begin to worry, I want to tell you, you got to focus your worries. No, no, no. You got to focus on worshiping on the one or who he is. I'm telling you, you got to turn on your radio in the morning. You might not feel like, you know what, praising God with your kids screaming in the back. You need to turn that thing up, volume up. Kids, be quiet. <laughs> I'm going to be praised, but I'm telling you why. Because of the fact that Jesus Christ has done something amazing. Jesus Christ has given us the hope. Jesus Christ has given a future and so we as believers should not be silenced in our praise we should not begin to zip our mouth when it comes to giving God all the glory because I'm telling you the smile that you have needs to keep on smiling the joy that you have we're telling you the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away I'm telling you because of Jesus Christ that is the message that we should praise him Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Again I say rejoice. You, you thought, oh yeah, praise Him is one that's good enough. I'm telling you, if it's said twice, we ought to praise Him again. We ought to praise Him again. We ought to praise Him in the morning. We ought to praise Him in the evening. We ought to praise Him on our deathbed. We ought to praise Him in the sunshine. Oh, come on somebody, I come to preach to someone today. Maybe you're here this morning and you're experiencing something that can't be fathomed. I want to tell you there is power in Jesus Christ. When His presence comes upon you, when you begin to lift up Jesus and His presence begin to envelop your situation, angels begin to minister to you. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God begins to come in. And I'm telling you, all you got to do now is to shout, give God all the praise and glory because of what He's done in your life. And the verse continues on. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. This is talking about proclaim. So here it is, praise, proclaim. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. I mean, I'm giving you the peace this morning. Praise, proclaim, prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving. Talking about praise. Come on now, when you pray, be anxious for nothing. Pray about it. And Begin to link your prayers with praise. Let your requests be made known to God. And listen to this promise. It comes in right here. And the peace of God. Woo! Come on. That's, a, that's, that's peace. I've been studying. I was like, P, P, what is it? No. <laughs> it's talking about peace. 
If you want to experience peace, you got to pray. Say, you know what, God, I'm anxious about these things. But it tells us in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known with thanksgiving, with praise. Thank your prayer with praise. And then comes the flow and effect, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then it leads into this next verse, which is talking about ponder. Meditate on these things. It says in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Ponder upon these things. Praise, proclaim, prayer, peace. Ponder upon these things. So life after Christmas, I want to leave you with these thoughts. Preach and proclaim what God has done in your life. Number two, ponder about what, is God, what God has done in your life. And number three, praise God for what God has done in your life. Amen. We ought to be believers and Christians with the power of His Spirit that says, you know what, because of what He's done, because of what I've experienced with Christ, this revelation now has caused me to see Him for who He is. That it is now not only uh, restricted to one day, but it's for the rest of my life. There is life after Christmas. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Very simple message this morning. That God would help us today to understand, you know what, let's not just leave it for one day. Let's live it for the rest of our lives. Let's follow Christ. Let's be disciples. Maybe you're here this morning, and just like we do every service. I want to give an invitation and say, you know what? Uh, are you born again? Have you accepted Christ in your life? Because the Bible tells us, and it's so clear, it is appointed for man to die once, and then comes the judgment. And I have to be clear with this message, because there will be a day where each and every one of us will stand before the Lord, the King of kings, Jesus Christ. And we've all fallen short. There's no one of us here this morning that is perfect. We all know that. No one of us here is perfect. We've all fallen short of the standards. We've all lied. We've all cheated. We've stolen something. And Jesus raises the bar and says, Whosoever lusts has committed adultery. He says, Whosoever hates a brother has committed murder. I mean, these things that if we were to stand before God and if there's sin found in our lives unrepented if we haven't turned from them i want to tell you there awaits for you a judgment and the question is will we enter into heaven or will we enter into hell but the good news is and this is the message of the christmas message is that god so loved the world that he gave his son that he took your shame your sins your punishment that you deserve that i deserve and he was born and he rose he was, he was born and then he began to live the life of sinless life and he took out sins and he died on the cross. Maybe you're here today and you know your heart's not right with God. You know if you were to die today, you would make heaven your home. But today you want to give your life to Christ. You want to make heaven your home. I want you to do one simple thing. Just raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Pray for me. I need Jesus. Pray for me, I need Christ. God will save you from your sins. God wants to save you and redeem you. If that's you, want you raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I know if I were to die today, I wouldn't make heaven my home. If that's you, you raise your hand. Say, yep, that's me. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus. You once had a walk with Christ. 
You once experienced this wonderful gift of a relationship with Jesus, but you've fallen away. You've gone your own way. If that's you, won't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me as well. God loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you a new life. Turning to the church. Amen. I see the hand, brother. God bless you. Anyone else want to join us on his heart? You want to get saved? You want to give your life to Christ? God bless you. You know, raise your hand with this honest brother and say, yep, that's me. I'm not saved. 